free to grab a seat. Well, we have been working through the book of Acts over, uh, well, quite a long time now. Um, but we're almost halfway through. So, uh, no, it has been exciting for me, um, and I hope for you as well, to read about the apostles, to read about the disciples of Jesus as they began to live out the call and commission to go with the gospel and to live as witnesses of Jesus in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and more recently, we've been seeing Paul and Barnabas uh, go and, on that very first missionary journey and, and, and go as they were sent out by the Holy Spirit and the church in Antioch to go and share the good news of Jesus. What an amazing thing that we, as followers of Jesus, are still wrapped up in that call and that commission ourselves, that our lives would be spent sharing about who he is and pointing to him and his glory in all that we do. I'm excited this morning as we, uh, that as we put a little more emphasis on missions, we have uh, the blessing of having some guests with us that are living out that call. Uh, Sean and Deirdre Dollar and their family are serving with Frontiers Ministry in Mozambique. Uh, they've been in Africa for now for 20 years and are going to be heading back in just a few weeks. But we have the blessing of having them join us this morning. We have just really enjoyed getting to spend some time with them at our house over the last couple of days. And so I'm going to invite them to come up and join us this morning and share a little bit about how God is at work in that region and in their lives as well as in the lives around them. So you guys are welcome to come up. And Izzy, if you want Aaron to come back or you can sit up there, but welcome. Yeah, thank you guys for coming. <sighs> Let me get you some microphones. There you go. There's... So... This is really the first time that most of the congregation has had a chance to meet you guys. This is the first, uh, this weekend was the first time that I've met you in person. We've known you and, and uh, kind of partnered in ministry for, uh, and Aaron has, you know, been a part of that for 20 years now. Um, but first time to meet you in person and, and the timing was beautiful to kind of coincide with Mission Sunday. Uh, so would you share a little bit about your family, um, just kind of introduce yourselves and the family to the, I know we will have some pictures up here on the screens, but if you wouldn't mind just sharing about who are the, who are the dollars? Who are the dollars? <laughs> uh, we're, there's six dollars. Um, <laughs> so yes, in junior high, I got a lot of teasing. Um, they, we are Sean and Deirdre, and we have four kids. Uh, Barack is our oldest, and he graduated from high school last year. And he is now living with my parents in Colorado and is excited to start living in America. He was born in Malawi and raised there his whole life. Some of his first words were not English. And uh, so he is adapting to American life. Then we have a daughter, Havila. She is not with us. She is in boarding school in Kenya. And she just went back a few weeks ago. Um, they were having COVID restrictions in Kenya but they just recently opened up again, and she is back there. And then we have with us our two youngest, Isabel and Joy Dollar, 
and they are homeschooled uh, in the village with us. And I'll let my wife add anything to that. And I'm Deirdre. And um, just a, a note that I've known Erin all my life, that, that her parents were a, supported my parents, who were also missionaries, for many, many years. And they met a long, long time ago at Westmont College, I believe. And um, so Erin's been a friend all my life. And um, so it's really fun to get to be here with you all and see, to just experience this. So thank yeah. you. And your sister and her, her family uh, are in Mozambique as well, but in a different, different area, right? Yeah, so I have two sisters, and they're both full-time in missions. And one works with Wycliffe Bible Translators, and the other one works with SIM. And the one that works with SIM is actually with us in Mozambique in a different city with a different people group, but nearby, and it's so wonderful. It's just having cousins nearby is just such a blessing. And, having my sister and my brother-in-law, so it's great. Yeah. W would you guys share a little bit about your ministry and, and kind of some of the things that you are involved in or have been involved in recently? Okay, I'll start, and then he can fill in what I missed. This is not planned, so. Yeah. No. So um, we work with a people group called the Yao people, and they live in Malawi, Mozambique, and Tanzania. And they're a, a Bantu language speaking people group and they um, are Muslim. The vast majority are Muslim and they are very friendly and very hospitable and we're thankful that we've gotten to live among them for 20 years. But they don't know the Lord and they don't know that Jesus came to die for them. And so we've been spending the last, we've spent the last 20 years in Malawi and Mozambique um, just sharing Christ with them, sharing life we live very organically. We live in a village, and every, we, our ministry tends to go through seasons just like their lives do. So we're very impacted by rainy season and farming and um, Ramadan and traditional um, cultural things as well. And we do a lot of, we, sh we are always seeking, seeking to share the word of Christ in word, but also in deed, and a lot of that involves just development work. So we do a lot of mercy ministry and um, infrastructure projects. We try to partner with local government with the local government in lots of different things. So our most recent project has been water uh, wells. The last few years, we've had the resources to put some boreholes in, and that's been really fun. So it's we've been able to go into different villages and share um, Bible stories, and then talk about um, just development principles, and then put in a deep borehole for people that don't have any clean water. So it's been a, a really, really neat project for us just in the last couple years. Yeah, and uh, for those who aren't familiar, I know some have been to Mozambique, some may be familiar with Mozambique, maybe some aren't, um, uh, and, and maybe have a just no concept or no picture in their mind or maybe a different picture than, than it really is. Uh, tell us a little bit about Mozambique and, and what you've shared, it's very beautiful. Yes, it's a very beautiful country and um, it has, about 45 tribal languages with lots of dialects in those and the official academic language is Portuguese so we speak Portuguese as a way to communicate with government officials and to get all of our paperwork done but on the ground we don't use Portuguese that much it's really just a way of getting things done but we use the tribal language which is called Chiao and so usually you find in missions, the first thing you have to do is learn a language. And it explains a lot about a culture when you learn a language, but we still feel like we're learning the language and we're learning how people think. And um, 
it's always a challenge on the ground. It's a beautiful country. We live at about 2,500 feet, and so the weather is pleasant um, year-round. We get a winter that is a very mild winter, maybe a little bit colder than here, actually. Uh, for the last couple yeah. of months, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, definitely not Colorado, where my parents live, but uh, definitely not Florida either. And then the summer is pretty short, and then it heads into rainy season. And it's just a beautiful place to live. Mozambique has struggled, like most African nations, with independence and what that means for them. Um, they've come in, they were a communist country, well, they still are. And so they struggled through the Cold War, like many countries in the world. And um, now they're trying, they do have democratic elections, but they really have one party that rules the nation. And it's a very diverse country. The south of Mozambique is about a four-day drive from us, where the capital is, completely different culturally, linguistic, everything very different and very developed. Maputo, the capital, has sky rises and highways, and it's very, you know, supermarkets, the whole bit. And it's still a developing country, but then as you further you go north, the less development you get. And so in the very far north where we live, we just got a brand new asphalt road, which we are very thankful for. Um, but in the past, it took somewhere about eight hours to go 90 miles. And now it takes about two hours. So yay, yay, yay for asphalt, <laughs> asphalt roads. Um, but it's, it, the country has been divided like this for a long time. In the far north, you have a lot of tribes that are very Muslim in their bent. In the south, you have a lot of Christian tribes. Mm -hmm. Christian, um, uh, yeah, Christian tribes like and Ang churches. Anglican background? Or, you know? In Mozambique, it's a strong Catholic. Okay. Yeah, in Malawi, the reason we were talking to Brian was we lived in Malawi for six years and then moved to Mozambique. So we've straddled the two countries working with the same people group. I'm sure many of us know in the history of the world, um, borders don't mean much in terms of tribal groups. So our tribal group lives in southern Sudan, uh, so, sorry, southern Tanzania, through Mozambique and in Malawi. So the borders don't mean much um, in terms of people groups, and they speak the same language. I can under we can understand people from Tanzania all the way down to um, Malawi in this language that we speak in the in Chiao language, <laughs> and, right? And uh, you showed me this yesterday. This is the Gospel of Luke in Chiao. Uh, which is really cool, um, and uh, you know, just thinking about it, who who did the translation for for this. So the team we worked with in Malawi still has a translation going, and they're continue. We continue to work with them, partner with them, and we um, uh, had this printed about a year and a half ago, and hope to print out Acts actually in the coming years. And as you can tell, it's a little bit different. It's green. And it has bordering on it. This is very appealing to Muslim audiences. Wow. So there is a Bible society that did a translation, but it looks like a Bible. And so most Muslims will not pick it up because it looks like a Christian book. And so even when we show Christians this, some of them are a little bit offended. They're, they're, they tell us, oh, this is a Muslim book. How can you have the gospel in a, Mus a Muslim-style book? So little differences like that make a yeah, they, well, yeah. 
Uh, well, but by the time you get acts done, we might have worked through it all. So um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Then you'll be ready to do it in Chiao. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll start working through Chiao. Uh, would you mind uh, indulging us a little bit? I know you sh you shared that you could um, you know maybe share the Lord's Prayer. Uh, would you mind doing that for us? Yeah. We'd just love to to be able to hear it. So when when the Yao pray, they put their hands out mm. to receive. So we put our hands out when we're praying with our neighbor friends and um, mm -hmm. the guy, the people that we disciple. That this is how we pray with them, and we say Atati, Nina Vengo, Yakulia, Yatukuisaka, Lisiku Nivisiku, Atukulu Chileje, Uegi, Sambi Sietu. Ligongo nombe uwe tukwakululu chilaga awo wakutulemwechesiaga ni atuambasieje kukulinjigwa. Amen. How beautiful that that is the living word. Mm -hmm. mm. Yes. Thank you guys for sharing that. Um, where else aside from, um, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about um, where you're at right now, but uh, you were in Malawi prior to, to being in Mozambique, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how long were you in Malawi? We were in Malawi about six years, and we had our first two kids there, and then we moved across the border very close, but there just is a border there, an international border. Mm -hmm. And then we had our younger two in, um, while we were living in Mozambique. That's yeah. great. What originally yeah. drew you into missions? work. I mean, obviously we know who, who drew you, but I mean, tell us kind of a, a little bit of the genesis of you getting into ministry and missions work. I would say for me, it's like most of us, it's a journey with Christ, right? And I had other plans. I was a biology major and I was thinking of doing public health. I did do public health for quite a while and I worked in Compton in Los Angeles and I worked with Peace Corps and when I was working with Peace Corps, they sent me to Africa, and that was the last place I thought I would go. Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> God is funny, right? He has a great sense of humor, as we all know. Never say never, right, with God. And uh, while I was working with Peace Corps, God gave me a vision. It was just a Muslim guy standing there. It was like a waking vision. He was standing there. He was wearing the Muslim robes with a colorful prayer cap. And he beckoned to me. He just beckoned to me, and then the vision was gone. And I really didn't know what the vision meant. And then as I was working in Compton, I met our team leader that was working in Malawi at the time with Muslim Yao, and it just hit me. I had other plans. I had other plans, God. So I had already been accepted to nursing school. I was going to do other things, and um, God stopped me in my tracks. And I love yeah. that because, <laughs> um, spoiler alert, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> we're, you know, we're coming up to... Uh, section in Acts where there's a vision that Paul has of a man in Macedonia. And Paul had different plans. Uh, he wanted to go different places, but he has a vision of a man that says, come. And, and they go. And uh, the church in Philippi was birthed as a result of that. And um, so very cool to see that, you know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? He continues to work in amazing ways like that. So what a, what a, a beautiful... Uh, story, Asha. Thank you. And how about how about you, um, Deirdre? You, I mean, yes. tell well, us. Well, I blame my grandmother. <laughs> she wanted to be a missionary. This is in the 1930s, 
and she married a farmer <laughs> and never ended up going overseas, but she prayed that one of her children would become a missionary, and two of her children became full-time missionaries and served the Lord, and that was one of them was my mother. And um, then when my mother and father met in college, they both had already received this call from the Lord. They knew that they wanted to be missionaries, and the Lord brought them together, and they have served overseas for 45 years. And wow. then my sisters and I also just um, are just so privileged and thankful and that we are also able to share in that calling. And so that's kind of my story. That's great. Uh, what are some of the challenges that go along with uh, being in the mission field. We, we were talking a little bit about this um, last night. Um, you, you guys are essentially immigrants. You're in a different country. And um, so what are some of the challenges that people might not think about that go along, just maybe even the practical things that go along with being in a different uh, country, different region, and serving as missionaries? Um. Probably the first that comes to mind, probably one of our biggest challenges, and this is not just us, but missionaries around the world, is being immigrants and all that entails. How many hours missionaries spend in offices just waiting for a stamp? I was telling uh, the Stricklands this weekend that we spent three months. I would probably go, I had to go to our provincial capital once a week at least, sometimes twice if we got a call, and it's about two and a half hours away and we had to go there every day, wait and wait, and get stamps and get the right people to do the right thing for us. And it was, it's very challenging to be an immigrant. And I, I grew up in Los Angeles where a lot of my friends were immigrants. And I guess I, being an immigrant now, being a stranger in a strange land really gives me sympathy for some of my friends I grew up with now more than ever. Um, some of them, in fact, I, we celebrated a, f a few friends just said, hey, I just became American citizen. Wow, after whatever, 15 years, 20 yeah. years. So we can appreciate that moment with them. And we may never be citizens in the country we live in, but it does draw us to our citizenship in heaven, to be honest. It, we are strangers in this land, and even if you're here in Florida and you've always been here in Florida, you're still a stranger here in Florida, just know that your citizenship is in heaven. And so that is truly one of the most challenging parts of, like the blood pressure goes up every year, I have to go into the office. <laughs> uh, we have to pray over it, we have to sing praise songs. Um, we're on a chat group with all the missionaries and that is literally, everybody is passing around worship songs during that time and it is truly a, a challenge. Um, but there are, are many, so. I think another big challenge is um, living in a poverty culture. Uh, um, there's so many needs, and it's some days are just overwhelming. Mm. And knowing, asking the Lord's discernment every day of how do we help, who do we help, what are, what are helpful ways to help. Mm. And it's just, it's, it's hard sometimes. And it's hard, I think, for kids navigating that as parents to know how to help our kids sometimes if they, you know, that our kids always have more. We have food, you know, on our shelves, and we don't go hungry. And it's tough having that tension of seeing, you know, that there's kids outside our front door and, you know, the neighbors and going, oh, how can we help everybody and feeling overwhelmed? That's, mm -hmm. that's it. It's tough sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, and you also have a team that is kind of in the same village with you as well, and they're from Ireland, is that correct? 
Yes. I think we have a picture of them up there. There we yes. go. Okay. Yes. And maybe introduce. So we have we've always had really great teammates over the years. We have a different teammates that come and gone a bit, and but we're so thankful. It's wonderful having good teammates and really supporting each other and praying together and crying together and taking each other to the hospital and it's really bonding, you know, raising each other's <laughs> kids. And so right now we're so thankful we have this great Irish family, Johnny and Catherine, and their two little girls, Rebecca and Bethany. And then we also have a single American teammate who's been with us the entire time since we first went overseas, and she's wonderful too. She's an agricultural ag agronomist, and um, she's fantastic too. So there's actually Janet as our single teammate lady from, from California, and then this Irish family right now. So we're blessed, it's great. Teammates awesome, team is awesome. And I think as you look through Acts, you've already been about halfway through, I guess, 15. You've probably ish, seen some of the yeah. struggles of, yeah, right, ish. Um, Paul never goes alone. And we, we had some moments of being alone, and it's truly hard to be alone. One thing in missionary life, to have a team that works together and prays together, and even praying with your pastor this morning and the ministry team was just awesome mm. because it just shows us we, we don't look, work alone in God's kingdom. It's just, I mean, when we go out with our team, when, like when we did our well project, we were usually four of us, and, you know, the others get to pray. And so one person's sharing, one person's praying, one person's entertaining the kids. It, it, it's, it's teamwork, and you see that in Acts, so important. And you also see the downside of team in Acts. I don't know if you've gotten there yet, but uh, Paul has a few problems. He seems like a hard guy to get along with sometimes. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, we're human, and so the down, uh, I mean, one of the challenges of team, I wouldn't say the downside, because it helps us to grow and challenges us to continue to work together. Yeah, and, and, and that's the reality, is that we're, we're not called into solo life as Christians. You, you, that it's incompatible, you know, to, to think that you can live out the Christian life alone. That, that just doesn't work. We're called into community. We're called to follow him together, and so what a great reminder that, that we need one another in all of the bumps and bruises and warts that come with that and the, tr the, the joys and the struggles um, that God's calling us to journey with, follow him together and the, the, the tie that binds us is Christ. That's what draws us together. Because most of you wouldn't hang out with me if it wasn't for Jesus, right? I, I get that, like, right? Thank you, Katie, for being the honest one in here. Like, I get that. But that's the beauty of the kingdom of God. That's the beauty of the kingdom of God, is that he draws us together. By grace, we're drawn together because of who he is, not because of who we are, but because of who we are in him. So what a beautiful thing. Thank you guys for sharing that. Um, what are some of the things that you guys are really excited about that God has been doing or that God continues to do, you know, through the, the course of your time in Mozambique? A couple things. Um, first of all, just that these that we have several young men that have been growing in their faith and are just really making choices that are consistent with the Bible. And that's amazing to see people doing things differently because of the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. And so we just pray that that would continue, that they would bring their wives along and their families along. And um, so that's one, one thing we're excited about. 
Another thing is just the Lord's been giving me some new women friends, and just I've been able to share more with um, different neighbor women in, my, in, in the village that we live in, and then just the Lord using our teammates, and we're able to, to bless them and to help them and to encourage them in relationships that they've developed and to see God bringing people to faith through um, in other villages and, and how the Lord's providentially provided We've had multiple times where, like, our new Johnny and Catherine will meet someone and be and say, and they're open to the word, and then we find out that it's the sister or the friend of somebody that we've been sharing with for years, mm. and how the Lord has planted seeds in communities and seeing the connections come together, and um, yeah, it's amazing. Kids ministry for sure. We've um, been able to share Bible stories with the kids for years and years, and then having them come back and say, "Oh, I still remember those stories that you told me years ago, or the songs that we've sung in Xiao." And then we hear kids singing it in the village, and have people come up and say, "Oh, we've been hearing the kids singing this song. What is this song?" And so that's really encouraging to go to know that the Word of God is not going to come back empty. And that sooner or later it's going to bear fruit. We um, are trusting that it's, you know, we pray that it's sooner. <laughs> well, one of the things that I really found interesting uh, as we were kind of sharing was um, you were talking about kind of the, the, the goal is to journey with families together in discipleship. That because individually it becomes kind of a hard thing to bear um, in the, in, within the culture. So would you share a little bit about kind of that? like the goal there or just the, you know, the kind of the vision for, for really reaching into families more so than individuals' lives. So there's no church in the local language and um, the churches that are in the area and the town centers are in other languages and they're also culturally very different. So um, we want the Yao people to uh, kind of uh, to form their own church in a way that's culturally appropriate and also using their own language. And so we just really seek to, you know, plant the word of God in their hearts, but to, to enable them to figure out how to, how the body of Christ will look in their community. Yeah, definitely. Um, they have several words for family in the local language. Liwasa is just your immediate family. And that's a very loose term. That's actually not a super important term to them. The important term for family to them is called mbumba, which means the sorority group. It's your sisters, it's your aunties, it's your um, uh, maternal uncle. It's a very specific culture. And so without your uncle's permission, you usually don't get married. Without your uncle's permission, you really don't do something different. And without your aunties being involved in your life, and so these young men that we've sat down and done the word with for so many years, we're not pushing them to baptism because they need their uncles, they need their, their sisters, they need them along with them in this journey. Um, if not, it's probably too fragile for them to follow Christ on their own. And so very community-oriented in the way that they view the world. Um, I was, we had some new guys had come to the group and right before I left and they were very concerned about what uh, their uncle who was the chief would say about them meeting and reading through Luke with us mm. and so they were trying to reason through oh but this is not you know this isn't a Christian thing we're just studying God's word and so um, terminology is very important to them and 
family is very important. So um, many people in Muslim ministry, I'm sure you heard this from your missionaries in Lebanon too, that um, you draw one guy out, let's say you get one young man to follow Christ, you have, and you tell him, oh, now he's a Christian, now he's following Christ, you have potentially turned 150 people, his network group, against Christ. And so that's what they're finding in Muslim ministries, if that makes sense. You've got to get work with families. It's a very slow process. It's a very, um, in our side, from our perspective, painstaking. But really, you read the Psalms, God is not a, he's a God of time. And he is working things out. And that is so hard for us on this side. Um, can't you just bring everybody right now and we'll get this over with? Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it's really important. Um, we don't want to turn the 150 away just for the sake of one soul. So. At the same time, just to acknowledge that sometimes that's how God does work. And I think sometimes that's the only way that God brings people out. So not to, this isn't to say that, that, that's, that there's only one way, right. but just we so long for these young men and our, the people that we've been discipling to stay in their communities and that ideally they would bring along all of their family and their cousins and their and bring them to faith. So that's that's what our goal is and it's very slow because we, we really want to reach out to every person in that network so that they wouldn't feel like they have to stop being who they are in their identity as a as a Yao person and right. with their own language and their own culture. So yeah. well thank you so much for the many years that you have just you know faithfully uh, been uh, within this region and also in Maui and just the, the whole area and in, in faithfulness and ministry. I know you shared some um, pray, praise uh, and prayer needs and I think we've got those up on the screen but uh, in addition to what, um, what you were sharing um, are there other things that we can as a congregation can be praying for for you guys um, or for the Yao people um, for your ministry team, just immediate or long-term needs that we can be praying for? The, the first thing of all would just be for families to come to faith. Mm. That whole Yao family networks would come to faith together, and they would, just like in Acts, you know, we read stories of the centurion and others that said their whole household was baptized. Yeah. And that's, that's the primary prayer, is that whole households would be baptized and come together and commit their life to Jesus. So definitely that was the first thing. The second thing is perseverance for us, just that we would just not lose heart, that we would trust that the Lord's working in his time and in his way and that our lives are his to spend however he wants. So, you know, just that we want to be faithful. We want to be obedient. We want to um, listen to the Holy Spirit every day and be walking, keeping in step with the Spirit and doing what he wants us to do and making choices that are consistent with the Lord's guidance in our life and um, just be faithful to a long obedience and whatever that looks like for us. So, yeah. I think as you think of your missionaries and um, growing kids, it's always a challenge. It's even a challenge if you're in just one place with the nest emptying out and all that that looks like. And so that's the next kind of phase for our, personally for our family. Our son has now moved to the States our daughter will be done with high school in a year and a half. And then it just keeps going, doesn't it? It doesn't stop. And you can't freeze your kids. You can't freeze your family. And so just know that um, as missionaries overseas, in fact, I just had a colleague 
two weeks ago from Mauritania in Africa say to me, oh, the reason there's no teenagers here is because all the families leave when their kids hit 13. They don't, it's, it's hard for them to stay on because just the growing family needs. And so in some ways it's, it's, a, it's a shame because it's just when you start being effective is after maybe 12 years or 15 years, you're just now getting to the point where you're comfortable and people are comfortable back at, with you. Just now, people are like, "Oh, you're you're actually here again." Okay. Um, in traditional cultures, you know, uh, they know each other all their lives, and so who are we to just we're kind of beamed from a spaceship down, you know, and uh, you know, so just longevity with growing family needs is is a tough thing for a lot of missionaries. So, as you think of mi your missionaries that you support. That's a huge prayer request too for missionaries. Would you guys join me? At, would you mind just stretching out your hands towards the dollars, and we're gonna we're gonna pray for you guys. Oh Lord, we're so grateful for the opportunity to hear about uh, the way that you're working. We know that it's you, um, and uh, and yet you use vessels like us, um, and uh, what a what a privilege that is. But we 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 just are so grateful for the opportunity to have heard from Sean and Deirdre and, and about the work that you're doing with the Yao people and, and, and uh, in Mozambique and in that region. And uh, we would just pray for, the, for those very things that they've asked for, Lord. Would you um, be doing a work in families there? Would you bring um, mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and aunties and, and, and uncles um, and just the, the, the families to Christ, Lord? Would you bring them to to believe in you and to follow you together. We do think of that story of the centurion, his whole household coming to faith in Christ and, and just what a, um, a huge um, blessing that must have been to, to, um, to others and an encouragement to others in, in that area of Philippi. And we, we pray that that would be the same thing. And, and we also pray for the challenges, the, the hurdles, and all of the different <laughs> dynamics that come with... Um, with you know families um, raised, being raised and, and going away and, and, and all of the, the um, things that come with that and, and we just pray God that you would um, continue to provide through that um, that you would give the, um, the, the community and the families that uh, the dollars are, are there alongside that, that you would give them the eyes to see the longevity and the, just their presence and their um, proximity uh, within their lives and that would speak to their hearts about their care and compassion and their desire to be a part of their lives. And ultimately, Lord, we just pray that you would lead them by your Holy Spirit, that you would be doing a work in their hearts, that you would encourage them, that you would bring uh, maybe even more team members around them to, to, uh, uh, to, to commit their hands and their lives to the work that you've called them to, um, but that you would just bring your words of encouragement um, to them as they continue to seek to follow you and continue to seek to do the ministry that you have called them to in their lives. We are so grateful that we share in um, the same kingdom together and that you have called all of us together to be a part of that. May we faithfully follow you with our eyes set on eternity and our citizenship um, wherever it is that, that we live from that, that, that we would recognize that our true citizenship is in heaven and that we live from that place no matter where we find ourselves.
guys just give a hand. Thank you so much. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward, and we're going to close here. Um, I do just want to share um, briefly, and and again, you know, this is the same thing with missions. Um, you know, if if God has stirred something in your heart and you'd like to be a part of this, we'd love for you to do that. But um, we're, we're just going to leave. There's a um, there's an offering plate in the the back and in the front if you would like to uh, to, to give anything towards the dollars um, mission uh, ministry then you're welcome to do that on your way out if you're watching online and you'd like to do that there's a little drop down that says special offering so if God's stirring your heart towards that we'd love for you to have the opportunity to be a part of that this morning so would you guys join and let's uh, let's close by singing together almost <laughs>